Hello, and this is Filter Optional, and I'm Chico West. And I'm Shannon West. And I'm the no filter of this show. Yes, and I'm the filter. And this is a Casa Kalina production. Yes. We're, we're a 90-day men's treatment center just south of where we're at at our studio. But today, if you're if you're watching us on um, on Facebook or on our YouTube page, you'll see someone else in the middle. And we got yes, a, our guest. Yes, and he's been our guest before, and he's actually a good friend. And we're going to talk about a, a few a lot of things with him today. So. Miles, why don't you introduce yourself? Say hi to people that are watching us. Whoa, you're muted. Wait. Hold on, let me throw my music. Sorry. Oh, yes. Hold on. It's okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, Miles, once again, sorry about that. All right, I think I'm here now. Hey, it's good to be here, everybody. I'm Miles. Good to join you guys. I'm really glad to be back on the between the filter and no filter. <laughs> you are exactly, you are kind of you're between, between us. It's yes. uh, a lot of my time in that space. <laughs> <laughs> you won't survive. <laughs> but they, the thing is about this show today, uh, you know, we're, we're meeting right now. It's, uh, I think, Wednesday, May 27th. Yes, it is. And tomorrow, we're going to air this on June 1st. Yes. Um, and uh, I will be... You'll be with Miles. I will be at OnSite, um, the program that Miles um, is the uh, owner, founder, owner, founder er, everything, you know, everything about He's it. He's the main man. And um, I am going to their Living Centered um, program for the next week, and I will be off the grid, so I won't be able to watch and comment on Monday. And, um, and that's just fine with me. But um, I, I, and the crazy thing is you're, you've been excited. We, you know, you signed up for this. We called Lizzie at onsite, uh, you know, the works with miles back in January. And I just said, Hey, my wife, Shannon wants to go. I know Lizzie, I know the people up there and, and then COVID hit and you were, well, uh, so were wait, but, but well, but back up. So I looked at the calendar. I picked out the perfect time for me to go. You know, Beck was going to go on the, church Florida trip so he was going to be gone and Chico could work and Travis was going to be starting football yes. you know he was going to be in football in Austin and taking care of everybody all my ducks were going to be in a row yes. and then I could go and you know take do self-care for myself and so and we're going to get Miles in here to talk a, a little bit about this but we've talked a lot over this time about little T's and big T's trauma Yes. You know, little trauma and big trauma. And, um, and we've talked about it a lot in the past on our podcast and everything. And I don't mean to, I don't, I'm kind of taking over Chico. I'm That's sorry. Right. I, because you, you this is, I, I have had so much thought on this lately that, um, I knew in December when I was going to go to onsite, I, I had to fill out like whatever, 28 pages, miles, you know, you know, you know, answer questions and answers about my family of origin and, growing up and my marriage and all these things so that they can better know me and how to address my trauma. And at the time I realized that I think in my lifetime, I have suffered more. If you had a, like a scoreboard, I'm more little T than big T just at this moment, they make the same imprint on your life. I feel like little T's and big T's, but they're a little harder to, uncover maybe and recognize than big T's like you I think 
you, Chico, if we had a scoreboard, have had more big T. You've lost two dads, yes. you know, things like an aunt. I mean, there's been some more big T in your life, but the imprint is the same. So I, as I'm filling out all these forms um, for my journey at Onsite, I was starting to recognize some of the little T's. And so I wanted to explore that and then find coping mechanisms for those things. And then all of a sudden this COVID hit and now I am hyper aware, like every nerve in my body understands that everyone has little T's and big T's that have imprints on their lives and they've maybe developed coping skills for these little T's and big T's along the way. But now they may have had to give up those coping skills, an AA meeting, a, a meeting with a therapist, um, you know, uh, they're, they're doing I mean, stuff like this on zoom. And so, I mean, relationships, I agree with girls that. trips, traveling, whatever I'm, I'm going to get to, I'm okay. almost done. I'm almost wrapping up. I just have to regurgitate these thoughts because it is, I think that now the trauma pre COVID is rearing its head, but we are adding on, we're piling on new trauma. And so since we're piling on the new trauma, we have got to, what I want to talk to Miles about are maybe some ways that we can develop, recognize new trauma that we may not even recognize because it's because of a lack of connection or something like that. We may not recognize, but how we can recognize it and then steps that we can take to heal. We are all going to have to heal in a mighty way. Um, and I know I am. And we had... A situation with our younger son and I, I'm, I'm not going to go on about this because I don't want to break his confidentiality and anything like that, but he is suffering from some COVID trauma um, related. Well, we just, we just, that I just read something about yeah. people under 30 are having the greatest anxiety and yes. fear right now. And so there's, and you so know, it's there's breaking my heart. Well. So it's a very personal topic for me that I, I want, I need, I need my own family members to have healing from. and. Um, so my desire is to have the, we have to have the discussion. So, well, and I'm excited. And, and so here, here's the deal. We got miles on the show. Want to bring him on, let him share a little bit. I love the fact, Shannon, you just jumped right in, you know, and just started talking about traumas. You're going to the living centered program. It's yes. Traumas will be exposed, but it's about getting centered as well. And so, uh, Miles, we, we got some stuff we want to talk about and we're glad you're on, you know, share a little bit about what you heard with, uh, what Shannon shared and he, she jumped right in. There was like really not much. Cause intro. we got to talk about it. We've got to address it. It, it is, it is crisis, I think level it, right now. And I mean, you can turn if you, and again, I, I won't make this long, but you can turn on the TV and it would be like doing a, um, like a music video where you're switching the channels and it's like, you know, depression on the rise, you click the channel and it's like antidepressant medication, you know, and you click the channel and it's like anxiety, anxiety through the roof. You know, it, it's like, you can't get right now, well, you can't get away from it. And so we've got to address it. That's yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jenna, first of all, I'm excited to see you tomorrow. I'm um, so excited. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you're getting an opportunity uh, to, to come and take a look at some of what you were brave and sharing there. I, and I'm sorry about the timing. We had, I can't tell you the number of uh, friends and alumni and guests that uh, I don't even know that 
that really were anticipating a certain date in mind and they had done the work. Uh, and when I say do the work, you're going to learn, well, you already know because you're kind of affiliated with our space and, and, but you're going to be doing a lot of work when you're with us, emotional reconciliation work, trauma work, but really it starts when you start filling out that paperwork. Cause in a sense, yeah. you're, you're going back into your inventory and you're not necessarily doing a timeline, which we'll introduce you to, but in a sense you are, you're taking certain parts of your life with a prompt of a question and that alone for a lot of people can be activating and it can feel a little overwhelming to think about, Whoa, now that I'm seeing all this kind of mapped out, I've experienced maybe more than I thought I could. And I thought it was interesting, your reflection on little T versus big T. And there's an old study that was done because one of our other specialties is codependency, but there was an old, uh, and we see a lot of codependency in children of workaholics uh, and children of alcoholics as well. There was an old study that was done that it, it was like, if, if you had a, a ch- an adult child of an alcoholic in the same room with an adult child of a workaholic, who do you think would be harder to treat? The workaholic. No, you would. You, I think that the mass majority would say the alcoholic. The majority would. Um, and, and, and you're right. It's the workaholic. And I think it's relevant to what you're saying in that many adult children who grew up in alcoholic homes saw bigger, more overt trauma. Maybe they could have, they had, uh, violence or not always because right. alcoholism has alcoholism has many different faces. A lot of it's managed and, but a lot of times it can be a, a reckless environment with violence and physical, emotional or sexual trauma. And then workaholism is this subtle thing that uh, it can create the same impact and our brain doesn't really know the difference, but it's culturally accepted and supported. Whereas addiction and alcoholism is not. And so therefore those who I think have a lot of little T's often don't feel they have permission to be able to not just own and identify, but uh, feel that they have the ability to work through or should work through um, what might be limiting their personal experience. So I think there are a ton of people who can relate to having a lot of small things that uh, may seem small at the time until they add up over time and can feel just the same. So I just wanted to, um, affirm and acknowledge that insight right out of the gate. I think that's really smart. And when I say harder to treat, it's not because there's not more willingness. It's not because uh, they're any more screwed up than anybody else. It's just uh, culturally we're conditioned uh, to put emphasis on really big, bad, horrible things. And that's what you should get permission to heal over. When the truth is we all are experiencing a lot of adversity compound stress, which ultimately is trauma. And then, and, then, and then you bringing us right up to what you said about COVID. You know, we're, the, the two things the human brain uh, fears the most um, is uh, an un- unpredictable future, so being out of control, and um, isolation. And every single one of us are dealing with a double dose of that. And so when you think about, uh, we kind of have a global threat to our safety right now. And what happens when you have that is you don't just have your current experience. It's every experience you had predating that that's unreconciled or hasn't been working on gets activated by this new universal threat. That's why you're yes. seeing the numbers rise, anxiety up, depression up. Addiction. Suicide up. I mean, there's a, yes. there's a lot of different things that are happening over and over. And, and, you know, Miles, as you were sharing, you know, just about that workaholism, you know, my, my stepdad who, you know, raised, uh, you know, married my mom after my dad died and stuff. He wasn't alcoholic, but 
he was a workaholic. And when you were saying that, it's like, man, we, we valued that. But I, that's all he did was work, 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 work. And I think, man, there's a lot of those little T's in me. And then when you were also pointing out, I think, you know, Shannon and I have gotten into the Enneagram and stuff like that. And her being a two, it's like that helper in her is helping everybody else, you know, and she, it, you know, you embrace your codependency, but also that two as does, of recently, yeah, yeah sure. that two also doesn't know how to, you know, ask for what she needs or he needs. Right. No. And you don't, you have trouble recognizing when you're talking about the workaholic versus the alcoholic. It, I think at the core is the same sense of abandonment. Yes. You know, um, like, you know, kids feel insecure and um, not safe because maybe their parent is not around or they don't know when they're going to come home. They don't know if they're going to go on a bender or whatever. And then with the workaholic, it's the same thing. You don't know when you're going to be able to spend time with your parent. You don't know when they're going to be home. There's not this safe security. So it's that feeling of abandonment, I guess. I mean, I'm not a therapist. so I'm. But just, at, this, at the same but, time, does Miles, do you know, Shannon and I, when we were, when we were dating and I was really wanting to, uh, you know, pursue marriage with her, I was, I started my graduate work. This is 1994 uh, in an emancipation program for troubled teens. And so these kids were wards of the state. They were physically, emotionally, sexually abused. And, and it was part of young life. And Shannon was doing young life with Highland Park kids, you know, the more affluent neighborhood here in Dallas. And we'd go to young life camp. I would have the kids that were the gang bangers and stuff like that. And she'd have all these Highland Park kids and they would hook up together. All the other kids from other parts of the state were, that were at Frontier or whatever, they would kind of avoid the real rich kids and the real kind of... Well, because they, they would say, all I want to do is um, sit down at a dinner table and have dinner with a family. Both of them. Both of them. They just wanted to be connected. And one of them, one of them was not with a family because they had been abandoned by a family. And then the other had the workaholic or the busy or the social or whatever parent that wasn't around for dinner. So, and they both just wanted to have dinner with their families. Yes. And so with a family, as, as you talk, you know, about that and you know, what we're seeing now with both, uh, you know, both those extremes of, you know, what's at the core of, you know, of everyone's, uh, what was it you said earlier about the core, um, you know, need for the, for each individual that, uh, that sense of connection, what was it? I'm not, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> part you're referencing, but I, I, I just, you know, trauma certainly doesn't discriminate uh, from socioeconomic classes. However, there are unique uh, components that you can identify that are fascinating because I've worked with on both sides of what you're describing as well. And interestingly enough, what I was describing earlier, if you were to put uh, the uh, somebody who grew up in an alcoholic home, somebody who grew up in a workaholic home in, in the same group room, then often it's the person who doesn't feel like they deserve or need to be there because they're saying, I didn't have all these overt things that happened to me. I'm sitting here, you had violence in your home. You were screaming at you. Were, I didn't have that. So do I deserve or do I need to be here? And ultimately after a few days, uh, I think what we discover is that pain is universal. 
And the universal treatment plan is tell another person about your pain in a safe way, in an empathetic way. And that's ultimately what we're missing in culture, I think, is that we've never really fully made trauma a universal topic that all of us can relate to and have experienced in some way. Because ultimately, trauma is when human needs are not met on a relatively consistent basis, including the need to process trauma-producing moments which we keep in mind, we don't have that built into our ecosystem because we, of course, were told at a very young age, don't cry. Right. And so when you experience pain, it's like stuff it down. Well, that alone can produce vicarious and secondary trauma. So when we start thinking, stop thinking of this as a them problem and start embracing it as, oh yeah, we're all going through life and we're all going to experience adversity, sometimes historic, sometimes current, sometimes it's going to be out in the future. And the more we own it together, the more we can bring it into our education systems, our business systems, our political systems, and start changing the narrative and not just educate people on what we think their mind needs to know, but lift their emotional quotient so that we all can walk out smarter, more connected, and ultimately more resolved. And I think that's what will shift the paradigm that I think we're all hoping for. And I think that's the advantage we have right now with COVID. We have one of the greatest crises on our hands ever with the economic impact and with the um, health impact. But there is a mental health mountain that's tailing behind this thing that we probably are underestimating. And some people are paying attention to it. And we don't need to forget that we weren't exactly in a mental health utopia pre-COVID. Yeah. Right. 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 No. Right. And it's funny you say that because I was having a conversation with Beck just about all of this and the the anxiety that comes along with all of this and how, for me, it's been so amplified. Like I always knew. I'm going to see if I can explain this correctly, but I've always knew known that you need to feel your feelings. Okay. But a lot of people have trouble figuring out how to feel your feelings. But I have recognized with my autoimmune situation with my gut that the gut nervous system is so connected. And so I now really can feel my feelings like every nerve. If I start to suffer from anxiety and the panic attack and the physical manifestation of feelings, I can feel it on my every nerve. And if it, if I'm going through a a situation that is, um, scary and um and hurtful and painful it's powerless powerless it is literally painful i can feel my every nerve standing on end and i think during this covid as we're at home and we're isolated i think people really are feeling their feelings because it is a it's a real thing it's not just like oh you hurt you hurt i used to be like oh you hurt my feelings like what does that you know you, you, if you punch me, Chico, it's going to hurt. Yeah. But I never thought I haven't I've, punched her by the no, way. No, he hasn't. <laughs> but, um, not today, but <laughs> I, That's funny. I but I'm just saying if you physically touch me, it could hurt, but I've never really understand stood the concept of hurting my feelings until now. Like it was like, you know, those memes where they say I was this year old. I was this much old when I found out this, like, I was literally like 50 years old when I found out that it actually hurts. It really, it physically hurts. And so I think there are going to be a lot of people that need to, that's why people want to get rid of the pain. You yeah. Know, and it, they'll, it, they're getting rid of the pain by drinking. They're getting rid yes, of the pain, you trying know, to. trying to, but now that's about, there's not a lot of options to 
before the the COVID deal, we had all these options to go out and do things. Well, distraction too. Yes, distractions. Not necessarily yeah. healing, but distractions that were. So in some ways, what you were saying, Miles, is correct, is now all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to see more of this mental mental health issues being exposed. And at the same time, it's that same opportunity that Shannon's saying is people are now actually having their feelings, but are, you know, are the resources going to be there to help people in Guide this? them yes. through feeling their feelings. And that, that's why I like what I said before we started our show is, you know, Miles and his team is looking at different options on how for people to do things that might not have the opportunity to do what you're going to do tomorrow, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So what are those, so what are some of those options, Miles? I, you know, I know you are not a self promoter at all, and this is not what we're asking you to do is self promote, but um, talk about some of that stuff that you can offer to help people walk through. Well, I, um, thank you. I, you know, we were faced as an organization, uh, Chico, I think I talked to you really early in this thing yeah. a couple of days after, and uh, we were faced with what a lot of companies, businesses, families um, are facing, which is just significant fear of the unknown overnight. It was like once this all, once we recognize, because there's two arms of our service, we offer what you're going to experience, which are the short-term kind of workshops where people can come from all over the country and and do a deep dive. Uh, and then, then by the way, you're still supposed to be expected to do work when you leave there. This is oh. not a, this is not a six day fix. I'm going to be expected yes. to continue my work. I just had to point that out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. We have a longer term residential offering. Well, uh, but, but, I, but we've been known for a long time for doing these short term intensive uh, workshops. And when we recognized early on that I, I just, I looked at it so hard and I knew that we could have made a case just like with our long-term residential program, that this was an essential service. And in some ways it was, but I could figure out with our long-term program, like you guys have a way to keep people as safe as we could in that environment and continue to offer the life-saving work that we both deliver. My residential program is a trauma program. Yours is an addiction program. But in that short-term program, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to keep people safe. And so we, we, we push pause and in pushing pause on um, our program, it put us in a little bit of an existential crisis, which always presents a great opportunity mirroring what we were talking about earlier. And that's, I think that's the beautiful opportunity with COVID is that I hope as humanity or each individually, we come out of this thing better than we came into it. And I believe, I believe we've got a chance to do that collectively, but we got, we had an opportunity to do that as a company. You know, we went into this thinking, well, we just lost the big, you know, almost all of our revenue here. And what are we going to do? Well, for 10 years, we've been talking about a way to reach the younger generation who consume content every day on social feeds and online. And we've been just scared to kind of step into that place because we didn't know it. You know, we didn't know the online space and I was paying attention to what other people were doing. So a lot of these big, um, equity corporate back groups were put were, were getting in to the online counseling space and offering the traditional 50 minute session and you can sign up and do it and i was excited to see that because i was like okay at least we're stepping in that direction but from onsite's perspective we we really believe what you said earlier shannon that you don't you don't heal what you don't feel and a lot of times in traditional talk therapy we're talking to the wrong part of the brain and that's why I'm a big believer in experiential work and a lot of other body work in order to get to the right part of the brain where you actually hold pain so that we can reconcile it, reset it, recalibrate and set you free. And I thought, how in the heck do you do that online? Okay. And, but then we sat down as a team and we were like, 
how the heck do we not? We have to. We got to figure out a way to get creative and uh, step outside of our comfort zone in our box. And what we had planned might be a five year launch. We're going to do it in two weeks. And we did. That is is the cool stuff. I mean, praise God, really, because people need it now. It's now. It's kind of now or never. Well, and, and not they, now or never, but it's now. Well, and and Miles and I are, you know, are are in a group together, and we have this lady Mary who leads us. Mary's doing that right now as we speak, as we're doing this podcast with the men at Casa Kalina. She's doing it via Zoom, and so it's like she is working with the men, doing some deep work with you know a therapist in there helping her out at at the facility because we had to think outside the box because that's part of our program is we want Mary to pour into these guys and do that deep psychodrama work uh, as we speak, you know, so that, that's the cool stuff. Piece by piece, we just sat together and we were like, how do we take uh, what we have and, and, uh, and, and recreate it in a virtual world? And I'm proud of our team because they've gotten very creative. Now, of course, nothing will re- ever replace the live version. And I would always recommend it. But like you both said, not, it's not going to be accessible to everybody. Uh, accessible. Some people have financial restrictions. Some people have time restrictions. Some people have travel restrictions. And now we've got a whole new set of challenges. So this was an opportunity for us to put our work online and give people the best experience we could. And so far, I'm pleased to report that the feedback's been amazing. And uh, the the pro- the program that I'm really excited about because it's a we came in to, and offered it at a lower cost so more people could have access to it is called 30 Days of Living Centered, which is kind of a 30 day roadmap to emotional health. And we put a lot of topics in there uh, like forgiveness and empathy and connection and loneliness and and we'll start every day with like a 10 minute video that uh, we produced in house. And then we lead people into an exercise and it's really digestible, but really impactful. We've been hearing great things about it. So thank you. all. Can, can you find that on your website? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's great. See, because Chico has been begging me to go to onsite for, for probably 15 years. And um, <laughs> I, I mean, truly, but, and I, you know, when he said we have two young kids and, um, not anymore. I, no, but I don't at the time. And I don't think he realized how much that went into two young kids. Miles, you can relate, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um, he would say, just go. And I'm like, I, I can't go somewhere for six days. There's <laughs> that is impossible. And he's like, nothing's impossible. And I'm like, no, it's impossible. So that would have spoken to me as a young mom to do 30 days of living centered, you know, even though it's not live and whatever, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But now they have that platform. And so well, that's, I, what, that's yeah. what, that was what my point was. Yes. And, <laughs> and, but I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about you going. Yeah. Although miles, she's a little nervous leaving me okay. and my boys are going to be down in Austin. So it's just me and she's, freaking out that I'm not going to be able to take care of the two dogs by it's myself. True. That's a true story. And I was validated because I had to go to Casa yesterday to get a COVID test so I could come to onsite because you all are taking all those precautions. So I had to go get my COVID test and um, Pila, our chef came in and she goes, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, and I told her and she said, when do you leave? And I said, well, I leave Thursday. And she goes, wait, how long are you going to be gone? And I said, a week. And she goes, oh, 
No, Chico's going to eat dinner out here. <laughs> I said, yes, he is. Pila, he's all yours. I'm going to be eating lunch and dinner out there every evening. She know. was in a panic. She, How long are you going to be gone? I think we're all worried when Chico left unsupervised. Yes, I know. I know. You should put up some. You should put up some webcams before you go and give me the login. Uh, yeah. I'll watch them on your behalf. Yeah, thank you. Wait, I don't want to. I so, don't want to see it. Wait, wait. I gotta share this one little story, and we'll get back to it. But I, so Shannon and the and the boys, when this first all happened, I know where they this were is at, going. They I'm were scared. at the lake. Um, they were at the lake for uh, you know, three weeks back in March, and so Miles, my buddy, called me and goes okay, hey, no one's at home. I really actually liked it. I, I went back to the lake for a couple of days, but most of the time I was just at home or at Casa by myself. He goes, what are you going to do? I go, I'm going to make myself my own music video. I'm going to lip sync. And he thought I, he was, I was joking. And he, was, he drove by and we have these big bay windows at our house. And I'm, I'm singing and making a video of myself and he and he interrupted me and it called and I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm sitting out in in the street <laughs> watching you. What are you doing, you jackass? So he didn't believe me when I said. But he couldn't there. even do it in the privacy of his own bedroom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he of course is an exhibitionist and had to do it in. The no, <laughs> I was I was in the kitchen. Oh, she I didn't know. But everybody could see you. Yes. Ding dong. So, now that was me, but. But the, the, the thing is, Miles, I was going to tell you, because I, I don't know, I just, you're, I love you, buddy, but it's like wild how I've just been the last few days. I'm excited for Shannon, but I'm going, man, God has really shown me there's still so much more work. We, you know, we go do our own work every year, and now it's like I, more stuff has been exposed to me on how I say, you know, on our, our morning Zoom meeting, I, I introduced myself in the meeting as a recovered alcoholic. And this morning I go, I'm a recovered alcoholic, but I'm not a recovered therapist. Because what I realized this morning is I can't turn off being a therapist to my son. And I need to be just dad. And so that's the work that I saw in myself is like, man, I am struggling just, I want to just be dad. But for some reason, every time, you know, it clicks in, I, I become that therapist. You have young kids. I don't know if, if you're always, you know, the emotional guy with your kids, even though they're young. Does that make sense, that question? I can relate to it a lot. My, and I've gotten, I've gotten a little better at it and toning down when I would overuse language or knowledge because Vanessa would just want to just smack me and kick me out of the house. And it was well intended, but but the way I was framing it was I didn't even realize it. it it's so subtle because it, I really thought this knowledge will be helpful in this circumstance because if I can help them navigate and soft skill that you know through the community. And but it, it sounds like an expert. Nobody wants to hear from an expert. No, they don't. No, <laughs> they don't. When, you're, when you're stressed. And so yes, I can I can relate to that. But also what you said, Chico, about doing there's more work to do. I think if we start looking at our emotional wellness or mental wellness work, which is really what trauma reconciliation or recovery is, it's just building your emotional health and making it a priority. Like we look at food, like we look at our bodies need to move physically. We need emotional support. It's ongoing. It's not something that we have to do. It's something we deserve and get to do. 
And I always, you know, I say that too, because I'm like, well, I did once a year, I'll go do this. Well, really that once a year is just like boot camp. The boot camp doesn't do any good, like Shannon said earlier, if you don't go home and exercise. And so I think the same thing about emotional fitness is this helps you really get in shape fast, or at least get ready to get in shape. And then the real work begins. But I think when we stop looking at it, like it's pushing a snowball up a hill and it's always painful and hard to look at. And that's happened. I've noticed some in our home. Um, it's been a little slower, particularly right now in our marriage, because we've just been, it's like what we said earlier, there's nowhere to run anymore. You know, you don't get to go escape something <laughs> yeah. else. Yes. Everything's right up close and personal. Right. But it's gotten better that the, the ecosystem is starting to shift uh, in our home to where it becomes normal to feel and to process things where it's not the abnormal thing that you get to do when you go into this dark, quiet, confidential room, counseling room and talk to a counselor. You know, the, the goal, there'll always be a need for us, I think, for what we offer to the world. But I, I hope we kind of work ourselves out of a job right. and that this is happening everywhere one day. I think that's right. the Well, and, that, and that's, yeah. and, and for me, where I'm, I'm a big believer in it is, uh, you know, Shannon's going to go get in there and do some deep work and, you know, begin to address those things. And I, you know, I've done that deep work, but it's like, man, I still, the work, it, you know, if it's getting back into therapy myself uh, right now, or it also to plug in and have that sense of community where I have other men in my life that I, I'm being honest with and sharing with besides my recovery. You know, but really that's why, you know, you and I connect, you know, every few weeks and stuff like that, but just checking on each other and, and having that place where it's not the surface level, you know, stuff. It's like, man, I am, this is where I'm struggling. Like, that's what I'm sharing on here is I've struggled with not being the therapist to my uh, son, just being dad. I need other people to begin to expose that where it's that safe place. And that's, that's. Even if, even if we take the therapist and mental health professional out of the mix, you know, like you and I, I think a lot of dads uh, struggle not wanting to fix their kid and oh, give sure. them advice. And ultimately our kids, and my, my buddy Bob says this well, is they don't, they don't need us to hold them accountable as often as they need us to hold them close. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I read a, I heard a quote today. I, what was it? Um, I wrote it down. The, uh, it was by Carl Young. Um, I heard it on, on Brene Brown's podcast. The greatest tragedy of a child um, is the, you know, unlit life of a parent, you know, uh, is the, I, I, get, I wrote it down, I said it wrong, you know, is the unfulfilled life of a parent's calling, you know, and, and so that, I thought that was, that was pretty powerful. That's the greatest tragedy of a child if a parent doesn't find his calling. Uh, and I think that goes along with what Bob's saying is they just want you to be real, not get in there and fix them. Yeah. The yeah. Being, and that's ultimately the art and science behind good counseling and therapy is when you realize that, yes, I'm armed with some good information and trained well, but I also hold this deep seated belief that, well, in my case, I'll bring, you know, my belief spiritually into it too, that I think God imprinted every human being with, the tools that they need internally to be able to heal. And if, if they have a guide that has enough humility to get out of their way 
and to walk yeah. with them, but not try to push or pull them where we think they might need to go, but that we can simply invite them into using their own power in their spirituality and faith to be able to reconcile and recover their painful parts of their story and live into their truth. I mean, that's, you know, that's 90% of counseling is really good listening and being a good guide. Right. And that the irony of that is that kind of one of the, I think since we have two boys, the relationship is a little more complicated between Chico and the boys because they're the same sex, if that makes sense. Um, Cause I've heard moms and daughters have similar Issues and you had issues. But the irony in it is that that's kind of one of our kids' biggest complaints with Chico. I'm not throwing you under no, the bus. No, that's but all right. Is that, um, is that he doesn't listen. Mm. He doesn't listen. And I'm like, he does. That's what he does for a living. And he is listening. But they, in their minds, truly believe that he is not hearing them. Yeah. And um, so we've had to work. I mean, this and is, and this that's is a, the that's the good thing about Shannon is, you know, she's she's able to you know bring that back to me because it, in many ways I'm I'm really good at listening when I'm doing my job. Yeah, I'm not course. good at listening. And I told you just a couple of nights ago, I said it's like a doctor doing surgery on their family. It's you can't do that and. And you kind of resisted that a little bit. Like, no, it's not really the same. No, it's the same. It's the same thing. It is, yeah. right? Well, and, and that's, that's, that's the deal um, with... It's hard to accept when you know you can fix it. Imagine a surgeon that's like, I know I can repair my child's leg, broken leg or whatever. I know I can repair that. But they can't. Exactly. Or they shouldn't. They, yeah, it's probably... Probably not, not a healthy it's not, decision. Yes, to choose them to repair. And, and that's why, you know, so, yeah. me spiritually, I, I love the, the statement, speak the truth in love. And yeah, yes, I got, I got resistance with you when you spoke truth in love to me in a very loving way. And my first response, that's me is I'm, I get resistant, but then I really have appreciated it. Yeah. You will reflect. You always reflect and you do listen. You do listen and eventually reflect. So not always listen right well, away. I listen no, you don't. down no, the road. No, you're impulsive sometimes in your um, decisions, but um, you're smiling miles. How come <laughs> you're smiling? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just listening. No, I'm yes, I mean, no, yeah. We know, um, we know your limitations, darling. Yes. I, I have them too. Uh, but, um, you know, I will say it's, it's, What's is powerful um, for I think any of us is not when we get wounded, but when someone repairs the wound. Uh, so it's not that we often say in our work, it's not about the rip, it's about the repair, which yeah. is the best I've ever heard as a parent. And it so in your case, Chico, and I'll be doing my kids are just younger, but I'll be dealing with the same thing, if not more, um, is knowing that, that they've identified that. Shannon, you were brave enough to mirror it back and an empathetic way. And if you didn't hear that, maybe you knocked him over the head a little bit, which he might've needed that. <laughs> but then, then, then you said, then she go, you get an opportunity to go back and say, Hey, you know, what would being heard look like for you guys? I really want to learn how to do this better. You know, and I just ask those curious, humble questions and as teenagers or young adults, they might not have the bandwidth and be like, I don't really want to talk about it, but yeah, they don't. Actually, yeah you repaired it and said, you know what, I, I, I probably did miss you because I care about you that much. And I know, you know, that's, that's because you're not just giving them the gift, but you're also showing them that they can make mistakes in, in uh, life and go back and reconcile and repair them. It's powerful. 
Yeah. Well, and, and I did, and I, I got up early yesterday morning and I got up and uh, Beck was up and I just said, Hey Beck, I just want to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to go get my own work on, on being a better dad to you. And I, I left. Shannon didn't know it. She was asleep and he went and told you. He shared me with it. It was what he needed to hear. Yeah, wow. it's exactly what, you know, Miles is talking about. And it was about. as simple as that. He said, dad told me he was going to go get, how did he put it? He said, dad told me he was going to go get counseling himself so that he could change. Yes. And um, he didn't use the words that I know you used, if that makes sense, but it's how he absorbed it. He said, um, I, dad told me that he was going to go get counseling for himself so he could change to better um, be my dad or something. I mean, something yeah. like that. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a light bulb moment. Everything is. And then ah. I come, I come home and uh, Shannon shares it with me, Miles. And she goes, okay, it, what was it? I said, don't take advantage of this little nugget because then Chico runs in there and like, Hey, do you want to go to steak dinner? You know, when your mom leaves, do you want to go get a steak? Do you want to go, Hey, do you want to go for a walk with me? Do you want to go walk the dogs? And I'm whatever. And I was like, no, 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 no. He still needs some space. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't want to hang out with his dad immediately all the time. But, um, I was like, but that's, slow, I, your, that's slow your role. That's where I'm grateful for you that you go slow your roll. That and you was did it. say, you did say, do you want to go with me to walk the dogs or go to a movie or something like that? And I looked at you and I'm like, slow your roll. And you looked at me and you were like, okay, or not, <laughs> or not. It's okay. We're, I mean, you know, it's fine. <laughs> and Beck's, Beck's looking at both of us kind of like, oh, what are they doing? Stop. Yeah. Our time with uh, Vanessa, we'll have, we'll get into a tiff or something. And, uh, I'll, I like reconciling stuff right away and she needs a moment. She needs time to process. Sometimes she'll circle back a day or two later before she's ready to talk about it. And it's hard for me to leave it unreconciled because I just mm -hmm. I feel the urgency of wanting to resolve it. I could go back into my imprint and story and it would make sense why. Uh, but with, with her, sometimes she'll comply with me and we'll get to have the conversation in real time. Sometimes I'll comply or support her and we'll wait. Um, and sometimes we just turn away from each other and, whatever organically happens. But in this case, in this case, this was just a couple of days ago. I caught myself that once I realized uh, she was willing to have the conversation right away, we had the conversation and we got to reconcile. I apologize and own some stuff. And, and then we just, it was kind of five minute conversation. It was over. And I was like, all right, you ready? Let's head today. <laughs> was, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it's like all done. Let's get back to life. Yeah. And she was like, not uh -huh. so fast. Yes. No, yeah, not right. Uh, yes, not so fast. Okay, and the side note, because I know we're probably going to wrap up here in a second. Side note, I love the video of your son, Miles, when he's like, won't you be my neighbor? And he's like, I mean, I can't, it kills me. I watched it kind of on loop. I couldn't even, because I couldn't hear, really hear it at first. And then you hear his sweet voice. He's singing the whole Mr. Rogers' neighbor, and then you can hear him, won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Could you be mine? Would you be mine? It's the sweetest thing. So, <laughs> Well, and I, I like that, too, because you're, you're, you're letting us in, and that's what I appreciate about you. You, from when we first became buddies, is you've always, you've always let, let me in, and you, you do a good job of that and a good job of leading your organization and being – you know, being on the front lines to help people, uh, you know, address that, give them that safe place 
to have that uh, emotional vulnerability uh, and to begin the healing process and modeling that well. And you're doing it in those little, you know, videos with your kids too. I mean, because there, there's been a lot of joy at the same time. Yeah, we've had some struggles with our kids, but we've also had some real joyful times. Oh, sure. Yeah. If we can concentrate on that. Maybe. Yes. <clears throat> but. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, man, I've never learned more in my life than I have in this parent chair, uh, particularly with having armed with the knowledge, but then getting to see a little innocent mind use tools that <laughs> probably, you know, he's going to, he'll have, he'll unlearn them and then hopefully learn them again. Cause I know this is what society and culture does is it teaches you, you need to guard and he has none of that right now. So speaking of no filter, he's just himself and just That's so free. Awesome. It's a beautiful thing to witness and watch. It is. And and then, you know, there's there's some of it, you know, the people in our life that we get to see that doesn't have that filter as well. And so Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I I found out today before we wrap up, I yeah. found out today as I was listening to this podcast about Enneagrams that the eight, what I am, uh-huh. you know, their their kind of gift is I didn't realize this being a challenger is innocence you know, when they're, when they're healthy and I go, man, I like, I like that. You need you know, some innocence. I need yeah. some innocence. You are, you are <laughs> guilty as charged most all the time. <laughs> so you must be really But unhealthy. they also call them the a-hole, the eight-hole. <laughs> the eight-hole, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Oh, that's funny. Well, it, well, hey, buddy, uh, I'm going to be all right. So don't you and Shannon don't w- worry about me this next week while she's with you, with you up there, you know, take good care of, of Shannon. And I'm yeah, excited. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, very excited to, I cannot wait. to have her up there with you. Thank you. Buddy. Yeah, we're excited. It was, it's good to be with you guys always. I love how we just, we started out talking about a topic we were passionate about and just ended up making it personal and real, which I tend to do with the both of you. I'm sure a lot of your guests do. You guys yeah really authentic and real and I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hosting you tomorrow, Shannon. I'm excited you're going to get Yeah, out. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah. It'll be great. And then you, you can watch the show on, uh, on Monday and, you know, go, Hey, it was, you know, no, I can, I can watch it good. when I get my you, phone back, yes. when I get my electronics back. <laughs> <laughs> Doing your digital detox. Yes, yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. Hey, well, thank well, you. Thank you, buddy. And I love you. You're a good man. Tell Vanessa and the kiddos hi. Yes, do. Thanks for having me back. See you tomorrow. Guys. Take care. Thanks. Peace out.